Listen up. For such a time as this, we must grow our faith and business muscles. The self-help industry is trying to own spirituality and well-being. The entrepreneurial space is becoming flooded with business pursuits focused on success instead of sustenance. But the only one who can make us fully whole, fully free, and fully alive is Jesus. So I'm ecstatic you walked into this hypothetical gym today. I'm your trainer, Tamara Andress, also coined an entrepreneurial rabbi, teaching the pursuits of God, which unveil our purpose and ultimately unleash our desired provision. This FIT acronym is for founders, innovators, and trailblazers. Here, marketplace ministers conversate and educate to build others from the inside out while also sharing their testimonies of endurance. So while it's not a fitness podcast, I do surely care about your mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, and spiritual health. You're going to hear all about it. If you're passionate about your becoming journey, leading others to greatness, and living a life of abundance and joy, then you're well on your way to being fit in faith. Let's hydrate. All right, all right. I am so excited about this morning, and I have been in reflection mode, nonstop reflection mode for the last several days since coming back from the beautiful Amberly Lagos Unstoppable Success Summit. It took place in Raleigh this past weekend, and I want to give you guys some massive takeaways that I know are going to not only change the trajectory of your day, literally right now today, the rest of your week, the rest of the month, the rest of your year, and truly I believe the rest of your life. Not only connected to how you show up in said moment, but also what you're taking in in that moment. I will be super vulnerable in the fact that I had a lot of tension going into this event, and yet I felt called to go. And you might have had those experiences before where you're maybe even in your business. Like I feel called to do this thing. I feel called to step out. I feel called to be an entrepreneur and I have no idea exactly why, exactly what, exactly who, like there's all these variables, all these pieces that are splattered all over the floor and you are trying to connect the puzzle pieces. And I can assure you there is no way that you're going to be able to do it in your own understanding until you step out of the boat until I believe God puts those puzzle pieces before you in order for you to see the bigger picture. And so it takes our undeniable action. It takes our, our grit, as Amberly loves to share about. It takes our perseverance. It takes our resilience, because some of the times you're fighting against your own flesh and blood. You're fighting against these what-if limiting beliefs that are associated to why you're supposed to go do something that doesn't really fit your calendar, that doesn't really fit your budget. That doesn't really fit your, your moral compass. Ooh, that's a hard one. That doesn't really fit your agenda. That doesn't fit your mission. That doesn't have your ideal avatar in the room. Now, some of those things were not at all directly correlated to this event, but I, I want to give you an outside perspective. I want to be where you're sitting right now so that I can help share that. So I can help evoke that emotion of like, ugh, I get it. I'm, I'm actually in that said scenario. If you are going through that right now, if there is something that spoke to you just in the last minute, put it in the chat. What is causing friction or tension for you to show up big? Because what we're going to go over today is about getting in the room, being in the room, and going big or going home. 
Y'all have heard it before, but you're going to hear it differently in this particular segment. It's got seven of them, and so hopefully you're taking notes because if you know anything about a 30-minute segment, it goes fast, um, and I talk fast. So uh, you can listen to the recording later as well, and also this will be available on YouTube. So if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, just my name, Tamara Andress, um, subscribe now. Ring the bell, do the things, whatever they call you to do these days, the CTAs. <laughs> my CTA today is to be present right now. All right, so number one, go give. You say that you can't afford or attend. There's a lot of objections. We heard about objections earlier today, and you hear them in your own mind every single day. So if affording is the concern because you can't be a VIP or you can't be a premier or it just doesn't financially make sense, maybe you can absolutely afford it, but it just doesn't, it's not the right play right now. I think about the investments and what does investment look like? You guys know that you can actually go give out of your talents. You can go give out of your time. Amberly is a dear friend of mine. Many of the speakers are really good friends of mine. There was incredible people. I had no idea who was going to be in the room other than who was going to be on stage. And I knew that whether or not I was asked to be on stage or not didn't matter. I was being called to go do the thing, and so I went to go give of my time and to go give of my energy, because I know when I'm speaking on stage, the people in the audience are the biggest givers there. They're the people who are attentive. They're the people who are literally casting out their energy from their seat to the stage that you can do what you're made to do. So go give, even if you weren't asked. So you've got to know not just the why you're being in the room, but how you want to show up when you're there. Rudy Redskins, who's one of my friends who was a speaker there, he, he said it's a moral obligation. What if it was a moral obligation for you to go give? What if it had nothing to do with the financial ticket investment? Because that's what everybody looks at first. Maybe they look at the city if it's fun too. But their immediate next objection is, ah, that's expensive. Is it though? Because I think the value of attending and the value of giving far out exceeds what it is that you could possibly pay for said ticket because you are valuable. And so your time, I think about if somebody was to come in and coach with me and have a day experience, a 10K day, where I'm giving them 100K of ROI in that time frame, I have a lot of value to give. So really, me paying a $1,000 ticket means nothing because I'm about to give out $99,000 of value. What's that number for you? If you were going to go give, how much does it cost you? And to think, if you're just like throwing out that money to all the people that you're meeting, in the best way, you're giving them something that they could not be, they could not pay for. And so I think about go giving. I want you to think about go giving today. Maybe you have a meeting to attend. Maybe you're just hanging out with your spouse. What can you give? I think so often we think about what can we take, what can we receive? And those things aren't bad. I, I'm going to talk about receiving here shortly. But what can you give should be the first thing you're thinking about. That's the value, way beyond the value of the ticket. Number two, go impossibly. I'll say it differently. Go against all impossibility. I understand that it takes a lot to do and to manage and to get your kids taken care of and for you to attend and for you to take time off and for you to coordinate and for you, again, to go back to the investment, for you to invest. I understand. But what if you pivoted into the possibility? 
Amberly said this in her keynote at the first opening element. And I was like, pivot into possible. Let's go. That was something even through all the conversations of pivoting during COVID. How are you going to pivot? How are you going to pivot? I never thought about putting those two words together. Pivot into the possibility because it is possible. We know through our faith, especially if you're a Christian entrepreneur in my community, it's, it's God's possibility because nothing's impossible with him. But even for you who may not believe in that perspective, pivot into the possible. And that takes ideation. That takes meditation. That takes visualization rather than just looking at current circumstance or feeding into current emotion. Stop looking for the opportunity. Be the opportunity. Be the opportunity and go impossibly. Number three is to go be instead of do or have. Oh, this one's hard for me. This is really hard to me, mainly because I am a doer. And um, this is a part of what the Lord is always speaking to me on is like, Tamara, stop doing, just be, right? It's the whole methodology, in fact, in which I coach, which I think is hilarious because oftentimes what a coach is coaching out of is generally out of their testimony, out of their trauma, And then the having side, right? Like, what do I have when I'm there? I don't have a title. I don't have a role. I don't have a limelight on me. So it's a calling to be. Are you going to be today at some point? Have you scheduled in time to just be? You have to go against your ego to do this. You have to go against your pride. You have to go against your financial status. You have to go against your phone book. And who do you know that's going to be in the room? Go without the friend. Go solo. Go against your comfort zone just to be. Rudy also talked about this undeniable buzz that we have the capability of creating. I love this about Ramon. He has an undeniable buzz. When he walks into the room, the room based on his 15-foot energy radius, which every single one of us have, you feel electrified. I'm like, whoa, there's the source. Plug me in. Now, it's not Ramon who is the source, and he'd be the first to say that, but he has an electrifying energy. You know the same thing when you walk into said meeting that we might have talked about already that you have to go into today that you're already rejecting. Your spirit is already stepping backwards I'm encouraging you to go be and your energy be what precedes you into the room. You are the head and not the tail. You have the ability to shift atmospheres. That's how powerful you are. And so I think about something that's like a three-day event. And I think about what you can bring into that experience, whether or not it was a plan in the coordinator's experience. Hear that again. So Amberly's planning an event. She's like, these are the people that are going to be in the room. She had no idea that I was going to be there until a couple of days before. So she had planned this event for someone else, right? Oftentimes when I'm planning an event, I'm thinking, okay, who's in the room? Who are my speakers? How is this, how is this going to be? What's the energy going to be like? What's the vibe? I can be certain that if I was thinking of a bunch of me's and a bunch of Ramones sitting in the room, I would create a drastically different experience than a different attendee, someone who was in my mastermind or someone who I coached as an author in my publishing company or somebody who I've I've coached to have a podcast, even a podcast interviewee. You you create this ideology of what that's going to look like. How about you shift the atmosphere? Create your own undeniable buzz. And it's not to shift attention away from that curator because Amberly is electrifying. The speakers are magnetic. 
They are not intimidated by your energy. They have already embraced that confidence. And there might be people in the audience in the, in the element of ticket holding that be like, whoa, who's that? Isn't that what you want? Now you have to be authentic in said scenario, but maybe it's a time to try on something new. Maybe you've been watching my crazy sparkly self or our vibrant, colorful self walk into a room and you're like, I could never pull that off. Maybe it's as simple as wearing a hat. I always have, I rock a hat at every conference. I don't know why it's just fun. And I love hats. One day I'll have a hat line. I'm speaking that into existence. You guys can keep me accountable to it. But I, ha- I met another hat wearer, this guy who had a white blazer on on day one and a purplish pink hat on day two. He had a hat both days, but the, the pink hat on a guy, I'm like, what's happening? He had an undeniable buzz. I talked to him about it because we went to dinner later because we were both wearing hats. Why not? Complete stranger. And he was sitting at dinner with me and my girlfriend. We were like, so have you always been so bold in the way that you dress? And this might sound silly. You're like thinking about my, my wardrobe connected to going to this attendance. Yes, I absolutely am. If you know anything about me, I love fashion. I do several outfit changes on one given day at a conference that I just love it. I think it's so fun. It tells a story and you're not even opening your mouth. Go be a storyteller. Sorry and not sorry that I am interrupting your very incredible podcast with an interjected commercial on something else that I find really important or I wouldn't put it in the middle of the show because the show is rich. But I am witnessing over and over again with marketplace ministers, with entrepreneurs, with leaders who haven't yet figured it out on how do I break through this glass ceiling of finances connected to freedom and prosperity, which is God promised. It's a location and it's a place of being and it's something that's blocking you. And I want to help teach you that truth can be taught and value can be given without me needing to offer you anything. But I am going to offer you something. (laughs) I'm going to offer you an opportunity to come connect and experience and learn and sit alongside others who are learning in a two-day mastermind training. This is content that we share inside of our 25K mastermind. And so we want to fully make it open to the public with intention of equipping you to do the thing you're called to do. We're so tired of people not being able to break through this, this Brit, this bondage. And so it's 30, 50, 100K months. It's a methodology that has been cracked by an incredible marketing company that works with some of the top influencers in the world. And so all of that data has been collected to teach this strategy in addition to teaching you the multi-channel influence that I know you're going to need in order for you to propel the message God has put on your heart. So that's a lot. All you need to know is go to tamarit.live to get the goods, to sign up, to claim your seat today. It's only two days. It's six hours. It's going to be the most highly invested time that you could possibly spend with this six hours because it's really expensive if you don't. Do you want to lose 100K a month? I don't know about you, but I don't. I don't. We need this to come in and funnel through our experience. So when you put your name and email, it's super quick. You'll see, you'll get to talk to someone on my team to make sure it's the right fit. I don't want you wasting your time and I surely don't want you wasting your energy. And so... Yeah, that's that for now. Anyway, keep enjoying this show, and I'm so grateful you're in the community. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing you, hopefully, at the Mastermind Workshop. So we have the conversation. He's like, uh, no, I was not like this sub 
2019. 2020, he had a radical encounter. So this is telling me that based on his outfit, he can literally tell me a story and he can create an undeniable buzz by just being Okay, I am committing to being more because that sounds so fun and so easy. What if you just today, you put on something that you would never usually wear and you just go to a coffee shop and work? Maybe you show up for your spouse and you're like really dressed up rather than in sweats. <laughs> this is great. I had no intention of sharing this, but my, my husband has, uh, when he proposed, I didn't know he was proposing this particular night, but he's like, let's get dressed up and go out. And my husband only would do that for me because if you know him, he's usually barefoot in a t-shirt and shorts all seasons of the years. Yes. Uh, flip-flops, no shoes or <laughs> shorts. doesn't matter if it's, it's snowing outside. And so I'm like, Ooh, this sounds so fun. I knew he was doing something special for me. He was standing outside of his comfort zone so that I could be, so that I could sparkle. And of course I put on this, um, this dress that I got from the thrift store that was like this sparkly dime. It was amazing. It was only $5. And I go out into the living room and he's out there too. Well, lo and behold, a couple minutes later, he's on his knees. And then we run up and I'm wearing tennis shoes. I am going to the golf course that my dad is hitting balls at to go tell him and, and just so excited. And he's like looking at me and my shoes told the story, not the sparkly dress. Cause he's used to that. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing tennis shoes with that dress? And so I got to announce something. What do you want to announce today? What do you want to say by your being? Ooh, that was such a good one. I hope that that met you today. Lindsay Schwartz said it this way, and then we'll go on to number four. She said, what is your aspirational identity? What's your aspirational identity? Who do you want to become? Y'all know my book, Always Becoming. It's all about that. It's about grace connected to who you've been and where you've been and about grace connected to where you're going. Go be. All right, number four. Ah, time always flies. Go sit. It's kind of connected to going and being, but I have a more directive message associated to this one. Go be in the audience. Go wander the hallways during break. Go, don't just sit with your friends. Don't just sit next to people you know. This one, oh, this one was hard for me. Go sit in the back row. Go sit in the back row. I just talked about 15 feet of energy I always give that from the front row, literally since I was little. I always sat, I was totally that person, right? The brown nose or the goody two shoes. I raised my hand first. That, that's just who I've been, who I've always been. God created me that way. And I got joked for it. I got bullied for it. Gosh, it, there was a lot of friction around it, but I just, I couldn't stop. I sat the first seat in my school bus once because I was bullied and that felt safe next to the school bus driver, but still. It's this knowing that like we, we've always done the same thing. It's a part of who we are. We get comfortable, even if that comfort zone looks really different than other people. And so I sat in the back row. I sat in the back. And I, I know when I went in, I was like, oh man. First off, there was all these VIP cards. And I'm going to tell you about this momentarily. That I, I couldn't sit in that seat. And so I had to sit in, in the general admission. And th the first open one that I saw was, was that, was the back row. And so it was kind of a forced scenario. But so often when I'm forced into a corner, that's when my perspective grows. That's when I go, whoa, I have an opportunity here. 
How much further could I expand my energy if I'm in the back row? Would the person on stage still see me taking notes, still see me smiling, still see me nodding my head, still see me preaching amen, still see me raising my hand, still see me dancing them into stage and being the first to stand for the standing ovation? Whether or not the rest of the audience stood, I was giving them a standing ovation. So you're only sitting for a little while anyway, but what, how could you sit better? How could you sit better as a leader? That's when you listen. I'm going to talk about something that might ruffle some feathers, but I am also speaking to myself. So it's important to me to share. There's a lot of speakers listening right now. Tons of you guys have spoken somewhere, some way, some shape or form. And maybe it's just club clubhouse right now or your social media. You are a speaker. Even still, you've got a microphone. Somebody is listening. There is this speaker culture that's been created at conferences that I'm going to put a hard stop to when it comes to anything that I'm a part of. This is why. You're sitting in the audience and you're trying to listen to the person on stage. And out of your peripheral, you see the person who was just on stage. And you see somebody get up and you see somebody go over to talk to that person because they want, they have something to say to them. They are making a connection. They um, want something from them perhaps, or maybe they want to give something to them. No ill will in that scenario. Nothing's wrong, perhaps, with that thing. But there's a timing problem. There's a timing problem because there's somebody else up on stage who deserves that magnetic, undeniable buzz, that energy from you towards them. You're telling them in that moment with that action that they're not important, that this other speaker is more important. That speaker, in fact, is doing the exact same thing. Because what just happened is whether that person was listening backstage, front stage, side stage, it didn't matter. They were listening. Maybe they were in their headspace a little bit. Maybe they were praying. Maybe they were in their emotions a little bit more than they anticipated. But it's so important as speakers to support speakers. And if you have to find a seat front row because there's a blank hole, fill in the gaps, people. Stop sitting in the hallway. Stop saying, I'll be outside waiting for you to sign the book to take the picture. I never allow space for that in my conference, in my events. Now, I do make space, intentional space, that's not detracting from somebody else's time, somebody else's moment, somebody else's investment, somebody else's value. Do not be a speaker who stands up in the back of the room and distracts people, who's having side conversations and everyone in the back can hear you more than they can hear the person on the microphone. I hope that this is out of corrective love that you're hearing where I'm coming from. I hope that it corrects you so much because it corrected me when I was in that experience to be like, man, I don't want to be that person. Don't let me ever be that person. Now, there's another element, and this could be from a pastoral lens, from a leadership lens. If you are the owner or you are the keynote or you are um, the, the head honcho, whatever you want to call yourself in that moment, I know that you've been blessed and highly favored in that role, and it's a gift. How are you treasuring it? How are you protecting it? How are you salvaging it? How are you giving it back? Pastors do this often in mega churches. You never see them. They're always only on stage. You never even see them half the time sitting in the, in the pew or the chairs at all. And I understand that there's elements of protection that come into play. I don't have that, that air of a fame to this point. You know, I don't, see, I don't see a lot of people doing that. 
out of a security measure, sure, you don't see the, the main stage um, musician coming out and, and being front row. But what if they did? What if you did? Because I'm calling you higher in this moment. I'm calling myself higher. What's the least that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? And on the other side of that, what's the best thing that could happen? You might bless the person you're sitting next to. I had this commentary to me in the hallway after uh, day two. This guy, I didn't know who I'm about to tell you who he is. He said, you know what? I think I had more fun watching you be an audience member than I did listening to the person on the microphone. And I was like, whoa, why? Now, I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm doing this because God called me into this place. And if I'm not going to be fully sold out present. And I'm not going to serve out what God has given me from that back row. Why am I there? Am I there to critique? Am I there to judge? Am I there to, to get recon work done? Am I there to, I don't know. What, what's your intention? But when he told me that, I thought, wow. I was not doing that for you, but really, really rad that you noticed. And I told him this after that. I said, you know what? Thank you. Because it takes me a lot of energy to do that. It takes me a lot because I've been conference hopping. I've been to conferences my whole life. And I read books all the time. I listen to podcasts. I know these people. I know sometimes exactly what's about to come out of their mouth because I'm so close to them. The same speakers on stage. And yet I was listening. I was listening to the in-between lines. I was listening to the pauses. I was listening to, to lots of different things, but he didn't know that. All he knew is that I was providing attention, energy, and I was taking notes. I still wrote down that same line that they always say, because this time it said something different to me. It's like when people say like, oh, I've already read the Bible front to back. When's the last time you read it front to back? Because something new is going to be given to you. Oh, I listened to that song. I know every single word. Have you really listened to that song? Are you just singing the words because you know them on autopilot? Don't live life on autopilot. Go sit and please, please, please. If you're a speaker, can you sit too? Sit to reject speaker culture. That's a really big one for me. All right. Number five, I've got two more is to go explore. Ooh, this one's so fun. Okay, I told you about this guy that I met afterwards, and um, I connected with a lot of women too, but uh, obviously I'm mentioning a lot of the guys here. They had a, just a dynamic presence, probably because there was only a handful of them, and there was lots and lots of women, so um, it was just different. But I'm learning from stage, and uh, they're talking about who do you want to meet? If you could meet that one person, put this in your mind right now if you're, if you're listening in. Who, who do you want to meet? The, the one person who could change the trajectory of your life, who could change your business, who could stroke you a check perhaps. Maybe it's not about the money. Maybe you want out of their wisdom well. One person that you want to meet. Maybe, and they have to be alive, okay? They have to be here right now because I, I think a lot of people, especially in their Christian belief, they'd be like, oh, I want to meet Jesus. So I'm like, cool, that's awesome. But yes, he's alive. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. But you know what I mean? Like I want him in the flesh currently or her. Who is that person? Oprah was mentioned. I had mine in my head. I had not told anybody about it. I didn't write it down. But they asked the question, how would you act? How would you be in that moment? Authenticity, remember. So acting can have a facade. No facade in this place. Authenticity, vulnerability, transparency. Tell, what would you say to them? 
What would your body language look like? If they were sitting right next to you right now, would you be just like face forward, not touching the same elbow rest um, in the airplane? Would you, would you have your earbuds in? Would you, would you be ignoring said situation? Would you be ignoring that person or like trying to just like make them more comfortable? I'm so curious. I'm so curious what you're thinking right now. But I, I think about me and I think about me being on an airplane and I'm like so excited to just be in my own little zone. I want to zone out everyone else around me. Am I missing an opportunity? Am I missing a God moment? And am I missing a connection? Because essentially what happened right after that is they said, turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and introduce yourself. And I want you to be that person. I want you to connect with that person as if they're that person. Because you don't know what treasures they have. You don't know who they're connected to. I believe that we're always one, maybe two, but I always say one with where I am and who I want to meet right now. I'm one person away from meeting that person. Actually, I'm like, I know probably seven people who have the person that I'm thinking about in my head, in their phone. Now I've yet to make the ask because I don't know that it's time and I'm kind of waiting. I'm waiting on what God wants in that regard. I know that it's going to happen. I have no doubt. So that person for me was Ed Milet. I love him so much. I love his story. It's very connected to mine with his upbringing and um, his dad's relationship and his ministry side of what he does and his, his entrepreneurial lens and how he stewards community. I just love him so much. If you've never listened or read his book, The Power of One More, absolutely amazing. Now, mind you, in this moment, I'm sitting in the venue that he launched that book just a couple of months ago. I wanted to be in the room so bad, but I couldn't get there. It was not in my cards to be there. And, and it, I had FOMO. Oh my gosh, get in the room because of FOMO, right? I had FOMO. And I just thought that was so interesting that that's who I was thinking about. And here I am at Amberly's event. She actually was friends with him as well. And I turned to this neighbor and I introduced myself and he says, hi, my name is Ed Goyette. Not joking. Not joking. Ed Milet is who I wanted to meet and I am meeting Ed Goyette. I am not joking. I'm like, I just start laughing and he's looking at me like, what? And I'm like, this is too crazy. This is too good. You're not going to believe who I want to meet. So he started laughing. Then we had this wild bonding experience over how our dad's names are both Ed. I had a radical experience on stage the day before about my dad. So there was just so much richness in a two minute exchange. We had to go right back to listening to the speaker. And I told him when I had a break, I'm like, I want to have lunch with you. There's more to this connection. And there is, and so much has unfolded. What gold are you missing because you are so honed into your comfort? You are so honed into who you want to meet and not who is at your right hand or your left hand that God has purposely placed there for you to meet and pour into or receive from. Lindsay Schwartz, who I love, she's been on my podcast. So many of these people have been on my podcast. Um, Fit and Faith, if you've never heard of it. She shared about the difference between audience growth and community growth. Audience growth is what's in it for me. Community growth is what's in it for them. Audience growth is how do they connect with me? Community growth is how do they connect with each other? Let's be community builders. Let's shift our mindset towards the number of people that we want to connect with or the number of influence that we have. And let's get to community, the heartbeat. Another thing, number six, is to go grow. Go grow. You've heard this before, and you'll hear it again. It's not something you're ever going to stop, but there are affirmations. There are the I am statements. I am blank. 
meditation was something that was given off of stage. And I know there can be cultural, um, just it, like ugh, stickiness with that. But meditation is a God idea. Don't let there be friction. Lean in. Grow your expansion. Grow your expansion. Same concept, right? But expanding has to have expansion continually. Otherwise, you stop. So if your comfort zone isn't always expanding, what do we know? It's always dying. Go grow. For me, I wanted to grow other people. And so I was praying into that event before I ever stepped into the room. So I knew his presence was preceding me. And so I grew into my identity in this space. I have one more. I'm going to go fast. Go listen. Two questions were asked of me as I listened from that back row general admission ticket. Two questions that are going to change the trajectory of my business and I hope change the trajectory of yours right now. What do I need to accept? What do you need to accept? And what decisions do I need to make? What decisions do you need to make? I'm curating a room in just a couple of days. Uh, this is the last day that you can actually effectively sign up because we love to meet you, connect with you live in person before you ever get a pass to get in the inside. This is a different event strategy. You've never seen it before. There's with intention of community building. You're going to have breakout sessions. You're going to connect with 60 to 100 people every single time you come to any of these live virtual events. This week, we're talking about chat GPT and how to run a six-figure virtual event. Why do I tell you this right now after I just dropped all that, those gems? Because I'm giving you an opportunity to try it out. I'm giving you an opportunity to go give, to go impossibly. You're going to say, there's no way on Monday and Tuesday of next week that I have three hours each day because I don't have it in my schedule. Go impossibly. Figure it out. Go be, go sit, go explore, go grow, and go listen. And for me, the listening was to listen to God because even though I couldn't get a VIP ticket and I had weird ego issues with that, I, I got the general admission ticket and I showed up as a general admission ticket holder doing the things that only general admission can do. I was so limited from what I usually do, where I usually am, who I'm usually coordinating with. And God opened doors that will change my day, my week, my year, and my life. And I hope I did the same for you today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you. Be sure to go to my YouTube channel. You can see this again or the podcast will likely drop it as well. It's been an awesome time and I hope to see you next Monday and Tuesday at the live virtual event. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this is going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. 
Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fate team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.